Today, we begin Job chapter 42. This is Pastor Nick Hood. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And the conclusion um, very neatly ties together this, the story of the suffering of Job. Uh, we have uh, Job answering the Lord, uh, and then the Lord uh, talks to Job. The Lord also talks to the three friends of Job, Eliphaz, Zophar, and Bildad, tells them to bring an offering to Job. Uh, and then the Lord commands Job to pray for them. And then it tells us that the Lord heard Job's prayer. And then finally, the brothers uh, and sisters of Job bring in uh, they bring a monetary offering to him. And I assume that the monetary offering that they bring to him is what allows Job to get back on his feet. <clears throat> and um, then we're told that Job's fortunes are restored and his children. He has additional children that are born to him and he lives out uh, to his old age uh, to see his children's children come into their own uh, maturity. So I'd like to uh, begin now with the reading of the conclusion of the book of Job. This is chapter 42 from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And then at the conclusion of the reading of this, I will also uh, offer some questions for reflection. Let us begin. Then Job answered the Lord, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you declare to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye sees you, therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now therefore take seven bulls and seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has done. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuite and Zophar the Namanite went and did what the Lord had told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then there came to him all his brothers and sisters, and all who had known him before. And they ate bread with him in his house. They showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. 
The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, and he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. He named the first Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapuk. In all the land, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and his children's children four generations. And Job died old and full of days. Thus we end the reading of the book of Job. I'd like to now offer a few questions for reflection. Number one, now that we have finished the book of Job, what do you think is the point of the story? Number two, what is the significance of the three friends of Job bringing him an offering and Job praying for them? Maybe I should go backwards to that question. What do you think is the significance of God causing the three friends of Job to bring him an offering and then God asking Job to pray for them? My next question is, have you ever prayed for someone who was mean to you? Why do you think God did not ask Job to pray for Elihu? Let me refresh your memory. Elihu is the young man who follows Eliphaz, Zophar, and Bildad in challenging Job. But it's significant. God does not ask Job to pray for Elihu. Next question. What is the significance of the writer informing the reader of the names of the daughters of Job, but not his sons? Another question along with that. In the Bible, uh, usually the firstborn gets the biggest inheritance and the sons are named and the daughters are not. Why do you think the Bible makes a point to say that Job gave his daughters an inheritance along with their brothers. Next question, what is the significance of the way Job humbles himself before God? What do you think of the brothers and sisters of Job approaching him with money? What's the significance of that? And what are the lessons you and I can learn today from the monetary gifts the siblings of Job gave to him? And finally, just in case I've missed something, what other thoughts that do you have after reading the book of Job? Let us pray. Lord, I come to you in humble adoration. No matter how high I rise, I must admit that I cannot fully grasp the totality of your awesome power. The mountains are mesmerizing with a majesty that transcends the capacity of the mind. The universe is vaster than our ability to understand. The fish of the sea, the various animals that walk the face of the earth, the birds of the air, and humanity with its uniqueness that is represented by each individual, all are more than I can understand. Help me, Lord, to maintain my faith even when I am blind and struggle to taste and hear. 
Touch me, Lord, and I will be whole. Talk to me, and I will be informed. Bless me, and I shall live. Grant me now the fullness of your favor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friends, again, this is Pastor Nick Hood, Pastor and Senior Minister of the Plymouth United Church of Christ, wrapping up the book of Job. I thank you so much for joining me in the reading and the listening to the reading of the book of Job. I hope it has been a blessing to you. It certainly has been a blessing to me. Tomorrow, I will begin on the book of Isaiah. And uh, this is, you know, the first of what's called the major prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, And uh, much of Isaiah takes place during the Babylonian exile but also in prior to the Babylonian exile, during the exile, and the prophecy that the people of Israel will be returned uh, back to Jerusalem. Thanks again for being with me. God bless, God keep you, and remember, I am praying for you.